Welcome back, everybody, to episode three of Chasing Banners. I am your host, Dante Toro, a.k.a. Downtown Deck, or you can follow me on Twitter, at Downtown Deck, and I am joined by my co-host, Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, what's up, man? What's going on, Dante? How are you, bud? Um, I, I won't lie to you. I've been, uh, I've been better. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty tired right now. I went to bed pretty, uh, pretty late last night. Uh, but you know what? Ryan never stops. I'm up here, and we're recording this episode, so I'm, I'm hyped. I'm ready to go. See us rise. Let's go. <laughs> See us rise <laughs> with right, the early man. birds. <laughs> See us rise. See us rise. I mean, that's the slogan for the Celtics. Uh, speaking of the Celtics, speaking of the NBA, we've gotten a little bit more news as to, you know, what's going to be happening with the NBA when it's coming back. First of all, they're targeting a July 31st return date. So two months from now, actually, at the day of recording, two months from now. Um, and then Shams sent out a survey. Uh, Shams uh, from The Athletic, they sent out a survey. The NBA sent, sent out a survey to GMs discussing, you know, how they'd want to bring it back, the type of style, like um, how many teams get brought back, playoff formatting. And, you know, Ryan, I'll, I'll let you kind of jump into it a little bit, but I'm pretty interested as to what, you know, the NBA sent out as far as, you know, what the GMs are looking for. Because there's four different options. The 16 teams going right into the playoffs, uh, 20 teams, which is a group stage play, which is that's something that we've never uh, heard of in the NBA. So that would definitely be something uh, different. Mm-hmm. 22 teams, uh, playing tournament. That's something that's been discussed in the past. And 30 teams, um, they finish out the regular season a few games, and then there's a playing tournament for every team. So – it's pretty interesting all these different proposals that they've had. Um, Ryan, what do you uh, what do you think of all these? And like honestly, what do you think would be the best the best fit one for all these teams? Well, so far everything that has come back, uh, it seems like they really just want to stay with the traditional style of the playoffs, and instead of doing March Madness style where they reseed everyone. So it would have been excited to see the reseeding. Probably wouldn't have helped the Celtics' path. Uh, through that reseeding, considering the teams they would have had to play. So it's probably best that we don't go with that choice. But if we do stay with the traditional way of doing the playoffs, then I, I'm fine with that. I think it will be fine for the Celtics. I think it will even help the Celtics with a better path. They're currently sitting at the three seed right now. So if they go right into the playoffs, to who's ever sitting at the six seed is who they're going to come uh, take on. Billy. And it's Philly, yeah. So it is Philly. So that would that the thing with the first round matchup with Philly is is the past, I would say this year definitely, we haven't really matched up with them well. Uh mm-hmm. where where with other seasons we've just been able to run them over and in the regular season it's been all us. But Philadelphia is really uh taking control. And with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, we just we just don't have the matchups down low. And up top, Kemba Walker can't even really guard Ben Simmons, so you're going to have to assign someone else to Ben Simmons. But other than that, just talking about the playoffs, I think if you just keep it traditional style, I'm fine with that. I think if that's the best bet for the Celtics, for them to get to the finals and everything like that, I'm fine with it. Yeah, and kind of going off where you're saying, I mean – the traditional playoff seating, that makes the most sense because, you know, that's what the normal is. That's what we're all used to doing. If they reseeded it, one to 16, both conferences, 
I believe if they were ever to do that, this would be the year. Yeah. But I'm not saying I agree with it, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> because the matchups for the Celtics would be horrific, first of all. Um, just like if it was regular seating, we'd have to play Philadelphia the first round. If we beat Philly, we'd have to play either Dallas or the Clippers. We'd assume it would be the Clippers. And then after that, we'd probably face Milwaukee or Miami or OKC. And that second round matchup, we'll go with Milwaukee. So hypothetically, we'll say the Celtics would have to go through Philly, the Clippers, and Milwaukee just to make it to the finals to probably play the Lakers. Now, we've talked about this in the past about, you know, people saying there's an asterisk on the season. Uh, If you win it, it's not as impressive. Now, listen to me. Listen to me close. If they did this, the 1-16 to seeding, the way that I just mentioned it, and the Celtics somehow beat all those teams, made it to the finals, and beat the Lakers, that would be the most impressive championship win that that I can imagine for any teams that would win it. Because you'd have to go through Philadelphia, uh, you can say what you want about them being a, a top-tier team or whatever. They're a, self, they're a Boston rival. They're a team that, you know, we've had troubles with during the regular season. We've beaten the playoffs in the past. So that's a very important matchup to us. We beat the Clippers, who were the favorites to start the season, who everyone thought was going to make it to the finals once they got Kawhi and Paul George. Then we go through Milwaukee, who has the best regular season record and probably has the MVP, only to go to the finals to take on the King and Anthony Davis, who's probably the second best team where people might say they're the favorites to win it. Mm-hmm. So that would be as impressive a championship as you can imagine. Some other issues, they talked about um, the group stage play. I really don't know too much about that and the details. I, I saw a little format of the teams that would be in each bracket. I don't want to get into that because I don't want to uh, share any false information about that. But my issue is I don't agree with teams that are out of the ball bubble completely so I'm, I'm I think I'd be okay with the mini plan tournament for like the few seed like the 9th 10th 11th 12th seeds in the west because I know they're close to making the playoffs and I, I said it before and I still do believe that they deserve a chance to make it to the playoffs but uh Michael Jordan when they had uh, a meeting with the GM they had a phone call whatever it was uh Michael Jordan advocated on player safety and that players returning for meaningless games just that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? It's like it's for teams like, let's say, Atlanta, Golden State, um, the Hornets. I mean, Michael Jordan's own team. It's like, do you really want all these guys to come back into one one bubble where there's more of a risk of those guys getting infected? You'd have to spend more money on testing. You know, it, there's a lot of things. It just, it just wouldn't make sense. So I don't yeah. agree with that. I think if they were to do something, it should just be 1-16 to 16 or the traditional playoff format. Um, so it's interesting. There should be a vote uh, that should be – there should be an agreement reached uh, soon. Uh, by mm-hmm. the next time we record an episode, I'm, I'm sure that we'll have uh, uh, an understanding of what, what the NBA is going to do. But, yeah, I think for the Celtics' sake, I hope it's just regular playoff formatics. In that case, it would be Philly. I'm pretty sure the Raptors or whoever would face the Raptors if whoever beat the Raptors that happened, and then Milwaukee. So that would be a little easier matchup. I'd feel much more confident there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, we're Celtics fans. We're believers. I believe that the Celtics can beat, I mean, all the teams I mentioned before, the Sixers, the Clippers, the Bucks, the Lakers, we beat them all this season. We've, we've beat them at least once this season. Philadelphia is the only one that has the upper hand. They're, they've won three games against us compared to one. So I believe we can beat any of those teams. And, you know, we're young. Youth is on our side. If we have mm-hmm. to go in and, like, get all these games done, you know, we got the legs for it. 
Jason, Jalen, Smart, uh, even Kemba. I mean, he's 29 or he's almost 30 years old. He's still pretty young. You know what I mean? So it's like we got guys that can run. So I'm curious to see what would happen. Um, obviously, regular playoff seating would, would um, benefit the Celtics more. But, yeah, I'm curious to see how that goes. But uh, still going off about the Celtics, man, I mean, we've – this Leach Report put out a tweet. Brian Windhorst was talking about how – the Celtics are most likely going to offer Jason Tatum the max contract. And other news, water is wet. Because Jason Tatum, of course, was going to get offered a max contract. There's a little different um, – there's a few different extensions that can be discussed, that can be reached. Uh, two of them are the designated player rookie extension, which is just a simple five-year extension. And then the fifth-year – 30% max criteria extension. I'm reading off the article right now, so I make sure I don't get anything wrong. Um, basically, the first contract is just, you know, a typical max contract, which could have value of upwards of $181 million. But that fifth year contract I was talking about plays into effect with the Rose, with the Rose rule. And if people don't know what that is, it basically means that if you um, accomplish like if you make an all nba team you want a defensive player of the year or you win an mvp in one of your first three years three or four years you are eligible to make money um kind of last year uh clay thompson got screwed out of this because what do you oh, what what you say you were eligible what you say you were eligible to make it, it cut out there for one second oh yeah no so it's the, the rose rule um you're eligible to make uh so the regular contract, he would make $181 million, correct? If uh -huh. he qualified for the Rose Rule, it would be five years, $17.5 million. So almost a $30 million or more than $30 million increase. Uh, Tatum would have to win an MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, or make an All-NBA team. And from what we've uh, learned or what we've seen this year, there's a good chance he makes uh, the All-NBA third team. So right. he very well could qualify for that. Uh, last season – before Clay Thompson signed an extension, people were upset. I mean, as he was upset too. He should have made an all-NBA team, but he didn't. And because he didn't, he got cut off of that extra 30 or so million dollars. So, you know, players can get upset when they don't hit that criteria if they, you know, they feel like they deserve it or not. Um, but Jason Tatum, those are his options right now. Like I said, water's wet. He's going to get offered an extension no matter what. Danny Ainge is going to lock this dude up. I mean, we've got Jalen Brown locked up. We got Marcus Smart locked up. We got Kemba Walker locked up. Gordon Hayward, we might extend him. Danny Ainge loves his core of players, and he wants them all, you know, to be there at the same time. He wants Jalen and Jason to grow together, to hit their peaks together. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, I mean, signing this extension, we're basically trusting Tatum that he is going to be that guy. He is going to be, you know, all these years of saving up those draft picks and not trading them. This is the payoff We're, because getting signing a guy like Jason Tatum and having him on our team for the long term is essential. And I think I mentioned this before, not for nothing, but as a 22 year old, Jason Tatum would sign the largest the largest uh, contract extension in Celtics history, which is just insane. The guy is two months older than me, and he's going to be making 200 or so million dollars over the course of five years. Like that is just insane. But he deserves it. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not even like, it's not even a question. I'm not questioning Danny Ainge paying him all that money. I have no issue whatsoever with Jason Tim getting that money. Uh, what do you think, Ryan? I mean, that's a lot of money they're giving out, but I mean, I personally am fine with it. I have not one issue with it. Not one. I think he deserves every penny that he gets. 
And if he gets this contract, obviously I think, well, he will get the contract, the contract extension. What you saw with Jalen was when he first got it, people didn't believe that he deserved it. And then he proved that he deserved it. With Tatum, it's kind of he's already worked his way up to that contract. So when we give him this contract, there's not going to be any issues. There won't be any second guessing. And we're expecting that he will play up to that contract. Will he? I think he will. He's a young star. He's a, a young superstar, really. He's a young superstar. If you talk about all the young stars around the league, he's in the conversation for top five. Top yeah. five. Can't feel the mental guys. You know what I mean? Can't so you, you, can't, you can't just let him walk. You got to keep him around for years. And if they keep that deadly duo together of the two Jays, oh, it's over. You got fire and ice, everything that all, everyone's been talking about all year. It's going to be exciting to see what these two guys can do over the next course of, of fulfilling those contracts. It's going to be so exciting. You have to keep him around. You have to keep Jalen. You have to keep Jason. Gordon is a different question. It's really up to him at this point uh, coming up for next season. But you still got Kemba and you got Smart. You, you have such a strong core right there. And that's really what Danny Ainge has been building up for for so many years. Ever since that we lost the, the, the last big three of Pierce, Allen, KG, even throw in Rondo and Perk in there, this is what Danny Ainge has been building for. And now it's finally all coming together. And now for the next few years or five years even, we're going to hope for a dynasty. So I'm, I'm all about the move. Yeah, and this contract, um, it would lock him up with the Celtics through the 2025 to 2026 season. I mean, that is just far ahead from now, but um, he'll be 27 by the time that his contract will likely end. Uh, usually, it, with all contracts, with all extensions, if a player, players usually ask for a player option, and they're typically given one. So his fifth and final season will probably include a player option, but that just means that it'll be, you know, if he wants to stay, he can get that third contract even quicker. And it's interesting to note um, because before, I mean, you mentioned Jalen Brown signing that extension, Drew. I remember that day. Like, I remember sitting in my school cafeteria, uh, getting the news. My, I had people texting me Jalen Brown because I was advocating for Jalen Brown to sign a contract. Everyone was just shitting on him, shitting on Danny Ainge, being like, he doesn't deserve the money, this and that, bro. I was like, wait. I was like, that is – from what we paid him, I was like, that's cheap because mm -hmm. the team would have offered him a max contract and we would have had to match it, right? It worked out for us. Before Jalen Brown, the only other player that Danny Ainge ever extended a contract extension was Rajon Rondo in 2009. And that was because they just won the championship. And obviously, Paul Pierce, KG, they were advocating for Rondo to come back. I remember I read this uh, report where the Celtics were in talks of getting Chris Paul and KG and Paul Pierce were like, no, like Rondo's our point guard. Like, like Chris Paul is Chris Paul, but Rajon Rondo was just so essential to that Celtics team that they covered him so much. And, you know, Danny Ainge trusted him to give him the extension. He trusted Jalen Brown. He gave him the extension. Now Jason Tatum is up next. You can see, you can see what's going on here. T Danny Ainge trusts these guys. He trusts that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown not only – only will, you know, they give their best efforts for as long as they're signed here. But he believes that, you know, they might stay here long-term. Kendrick Perkins, I see him tweeting all the time. He goes, Danny Ainge, like, this is your chance. You got to make him a Celtics for life. You got to make him a Celtic for life, man. Like, him and Jalen Brown together, they can accomplish some great things. I mean, Jason's rookie year, they made it to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals against 
LeBron, the Cavs. Him and Jalen Brown were the two best players that, that entire playoffs. You can think of Terry Rozier, Al Horford. Jalen Brown was a leading scorer. Jason Tatum was a rookie. He was 19 years old, and he was averaging almost 20 points a game. They went through a lot last year together. Now look at where they are this year. They have that bond. They've been through a lot together. And it's like they have that special relationship where I think they want to play. They, they, they know what they can accomplish. They see that the talent that both of them bring and how much they, their games complement each other. And Danny Ainge, he sees it too, and he wants to take full advantage of it. And that's, that's what we're going to be doing. And I can't wait because the, the next five or so years, four or five years of having all these guys under contract, we are going to have some fun years ahead of us. Not only will we, we be competitors, not only will we, we not only will we be competing for championships, but we will be able to watch every game and be like, damn, we are lucky enough to have these guys on our team. We can watch them on a nightly basis. And you really got to think Boston basketball is back. You know, when Isaiah Thomas popped up in the scene, he brought that life back to the Boston Celtics that they were missing for those few years after the big three. And now Mm -hmm. it's really exciting times. It's extremely excited. Like what you just said, we had the guys, the young, the young squad go to game seven LeBron a few years ago. And then they had all that shit happen last year, which helped them grow closer together. Now this is an actual team. Now this is where Boston basketball is going to come back to life. You're going to see it all. It's going to be so exciting the next four or five years, man. I'm, I'm, ecstatic for it because now you see where all that work has finally built up to you know what I mean it's all back it's all back you you see what the Warriors I'm not saying we're going to be the Warriors but you see what the Warriors had to do to create such a team that they did besides Kevin Durant like take Kevin Durant off that team all that you you keep that original core together and it was all built up and this this is exactly what the Celtics are doing now. It's like Danny Ainge is just taking after what the Warriors did. And he did it the correct way. And now you're seeing the youth movement come in and make a huge impact. And now we're using that money on the youth movement because now we have that confidence in them. So it's, it's all coming together. It's all going to be back. Boston, Boston Celtics basketball is back. You know, it's, it's going to be awesome. And this is why it's important to have patience. And I'm very, very lucky that we have a GM like Danny who is patient because for years, man, I mean, like with these Brooklyn Nets draft picks, people like trade them for a superstar, do this, do that. People didn't trust the picks. People booed Jalen Brown when we first got him. People were upset that we traded down from number one to number three to get Tatum. It's like people, you can never please anybody. But Danny Ainge knew. He saw the potential. And he knew, you know, right now, we might not be championship contenders, but down the line, when we build these guys up, we will be. And look mm-hmm. where we are now. I mean, and going off of what you said, Celtics basketball is back. I mean, I know, I, I know me, I watch every single basketball game. I'm sure you do too. When, I, when last year Celtics, man, like I – don't get me wrong. I watch every game, and I, I enjoy watching the Celtics more than anything. But last year, man, they made it hard. Like hard. I watched every game, hard. but like – Damn, dude, like it was just brutal. Like so many blown leads, going down by 20 and then having to come back and then not coming, then like coming up short. Like the season was just so, had, had so many ups and downs, more downs than ups. Um, it, it, it just made you, like as a Celtics fan, it just wasn't Boston basketball. It was just miserable. I mean, and we, you know, people put the blame on Kyrie. There's a lot, there's a lot of different things to blame here. 
obviously we got rid of the people we got rid of the issues and now boston basketball is back i can tell you i've watched every game i've watched this year bro it was just like damn like this is awesome this is what we're meant to watch like yeah before we got kemba i was like my prediction was we're gonna be a second round playoff team that was my prediction to start the season and i was like we're gonna be a second round playoff team but you know what we're not going to be immediate championship contenders, but we're going to have fun again. We're going to be enjoy. This is going to be an enjoyable team to watch. Fans are going to love this Celtics team, and they were the underdogs. And look, and now they're the third seed. I mean, I think they might make it past the second round now. Like they just they set they had these low ex- not, I wouldn't say expectations, you know, coming off of last year, but they didn't have high expectations. I mean, obviously we were champion. People were saying skip the regular season. It's going to be Celtics Warriors in the finals. That just screwed us from the start because that was just, you know, we didn't even come close to making it to the finals. Um, so people really didn't expect much. And I think, and I think fans not expecting much out of Boston is what brings the best out of Boston. Because when, when the Celtics have their back to the wall, when they have people doubting them, when people have the Celtics as the underdogs, underdog Celtics is the best Celtics. And we've seen that in years past. Isaiah Thomas, that was underdog Celtics. We made it to the Eastern Conference Finals a few times, you know? So it's like, that's where we're back at, man, and damn, I can't wait. And you, you brought up Gordon Hayward early, and I kind of want to bring up – I just kind of want to ask you a question. So Gordon Hayward, everyone fits the timeline. Gordon Hayward might not fit the timeline, you know, with what the money he's making, uh, the money he could be making in the future. You know, there's a whole debate on whether or not he's going to pick up his option, which I'm sure he will because it's a lot of money. And then what if he signs an extension helmet if he'll take a pay cut? What, what would your ideal contract – be for Gordon Hayward like if we were to extend him for a few years what, what would your ideal like year yearly salary would be or the, or over the course of a few years what would it be for you oof well here's the thing if you really look at what Gordon Hayward's role is on the team now he's that extra star if you think about it when you think about the guys that you're looking for on the team you think about Kemba you think about Jason Tatum and you think about Jalen Brown Gordon Hayward, basically at this point, is your fourth guy. So you're not going to want to give a lot of money to a fourth guy when considering you're already signing to five years, Jason Tatum, then you already put the money into Jalen Brown. You put money into other guys. The salary, like, I can't give you an exact number for what I think he deserves, but what he deserves is the kind of player – I, I don't even know who what player I could compare this to. He's very good, but he doesn't deserve like all the money in the world. He doesn't obviously yeah. the obviously the max contract didn't work out for him. He's not gonna get anything like that again. But if you're looking at money, he's gonna get like above average money. Mm-hmm. That's what that's like that's what I see the Celtics trying to do with him. If you're looking to keep him around for more years, he doesn't fit that timeline at all. Because, obviously, the player option this year, he picks it up, 30, 34, 35 million. Of course, why would you want to leave that on the table? After next year, we don't know. You know, so I, I would say above average. Above average pay is what he would get. Because he, can't, he, he, he hasn't been able to prove that he is a star still. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's had his flashes, but his consistency isn't there. Before he got hurt this year, he was going off for 18 points per game and everything like that. He was doing great. But that's the issue with Gordon Hayward at this point. His injuries have gotten the, so in the way of who he is is that you can't even, like, 
trust him anymore. Not because yeah. he's he's bad, but because of his injuries. You can, it, it's just he's not worth to take on the risk anymore. He's not worth that money anymore. After this year, if he takes that player option, that's great. I, I don't mind having Gordon Hayward around for one more year. The threat on the floor will be ridiculous. But between all the guys that are around him also. But after this, if he walks, he walks. I'm fine with it. It's just the injuries get two in the way now. I can't, you can't do it anymore. It messes up the team. And when you're missing that guy that you're relying on, really, it really messes with the roster. And we saw that this year with just injuries. Not only him, but when guys will get hurt, that would take away from the bench and everything gets yeah. messed up. So yeah, you're you're 100% right. I mean, at this point when it comes to Gordon Hayward, we're not taught, we're not basing how much money he makes off of how he plays. We know how Gordon Hayward plays. We know what he brings to the table. It's more about the injuries. I mean, he started off the season so hot and then he broke uh uh what was his thumb? Yeah, something something like is, he missed yeah, a yeah. while. And he's had nagging injuries here and there. With so, his ankles, too. His yeah, ankles, you can't even trust. Exactly. So it's like he's become unreliable in the sense that he can't stay on the court for an entire season. Or, you know, you can trust on him to not get hurt again. My, this is my case for why I think Gordon Hayward will take a cheap deal. We signed him to the max con- He First of all, when he was in Utah, we, when he signed the max contract, he deserved it. He, he worth was, it. He was he worth was it all the way. Utah. They were a playoff team. He was an all-star. He was averaging uh, low 20s. Uh, he was a very, very good all-around player. And, you know, he deserved that contract. He got hurt. The Celtics rehabbed him, took their time with him, brought him back. Then last season happened. After last season, Boston, Danny Edge had every right to trade him for a bag of cookies. They had every reason to send him out. But you know what? They stuck with him. And now this year, they gave him the chance, hey, we're going to start you. We're going to put you alongside Jason and Jalen. One issue people always would, you know, one issue that people would think that would come up is he's going to take away from the growth of Jason and Jalen. He's going to get in the way. He proved that he, did, he, he definitely did not get in the way of both Jason and Jalen, uh, you know, uh, hitting their ceiling or reaching their potential. Both Jalen and Jason both had breakout years. They're both contenders for most improved player. That's not an issue. Gordon Hayward can play with this team, and he can complement, you know, Kemba, Jalen, Jason very well. Danny, so I think he'll play. I think he will pick up the player option because no one wants to leave thirty-four million dollars on the table, right? That I mean, that's no. just if you have that. If you have the chance to make that money, you're gonna make that money, no matter yeah. what. I, and I, I would, ne- I'm not gonna give him any slack for that. I do think that he will want to sign an extension, a cheap one. And I think kind of like what we wanted to do with Al Horford before he said, you know, I'm going to take a max contract in Philly and just screw over my entire career because that's what he did. He yep. should have just stayed in Boston and we would have been much better. But that's a whole nother conversation. I think Gordon Hayward, you know, Danny Ainge, they trusted him. They let him recover. They gave him the chance to come back to what he, you know, he's not ever going to go back to what he was, but they're giving him a chance to be a hell of a player again. And that's what he showed this past year. So I think Gordon Hayward owes it to Boston. He owes it to Danny Ainge saying, hey, you stuck it out with me. You could have gotten rid of me. You could have, you know, benched me. You could have done all these things, but you didn't. You, kept, you, you trusted me. You kept me along. And for that reason, I think Gordon Hayward will want to not only sign an extension from Boston, but, I mean, he'll want to stay in Boston. Why would he want to leave? I mean, I feel like 
Could his best to- chance to win is in Boston. I exactly. feel like if he doesn't want to, if he doesn't want to take the easy way out, you know, like Kevin Durant did, then this is the best option for him to win a championship. If he yeah. wants to earn that, you know what I mean? Yeah, not exactly. just joining a 73 win team. <laughs> Listen, he's 30 years old. He's not getting any younger. He realized now if he, if he leaves Boston, I think he'd only leave if a team offered him like a max contract. I don't know who would, but like hypothetically, if a team offered a max contract, that's the only way I can see him leaving Boston. Because like you said, Gordon Hayward, he's 30 years old. His championship window is it's closing. Yep. And the best chance for him to win right now is Boston because he's used to the system. He's comfortable playing around these guys. Yet he'd have to go somewhere else and adjust and figuring out how to play with a whole other team, a whole other system. For a 30-year-old Gordon Hayward that's coming off, that has the injury history that he has, it just wouldn't work out. His best bet is to stay in Boston. And I think if he's smart, he'll sign a cheap contract. I mean, listen, he made a lot of money off of this last contract. So I think he's, I think he's pretty all set. And it's not like we're not going to lowball him. It's not like we're going to be paying him $10 million a year. When mm-hmm. I say a cheap contract, I'm thinking like $20 million a year. Because I think that in today's, like, uh, the salaries that are given out in today's NBA, the market, that's pretty good. $20 million is a pretty good markup for a fourth option that averages 17, 18 points a game. So I think something like that would be ideal to Hayward. I obviously don't speak for him. I obviously don't know what's going through his head. This is just me, you know, hypothetical. This is what I believe should happen and can happen. So that, that's why I stand on Gordon Hayward. So I, I just wanted to ask you that because, yeah. because I know he doesn't really, like, age-wise. Kemba's around that same age, but obviously he's not – he doesn't have the injury history. He has more um, – he's more reliable in the sense of, like, scoring. He can go off for 25, 30 every single night, but he doesn't because he trusts Jalen and Jason more. So, um, yeah, so that was an interesting question. So, one, we're going to close out on this. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on in the world, a, a whole lot of stuff going on in the world. And Jalen Brown – one of our very own is taking charge and he is being a leader and all that is going on. He drove 15 hours from Boston to Atlanta to lead a peaceful protest, um, protesting the pr- police brutality, racism going on in this country. And, you know, at, at Jalen Brown, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, he's the vice president of the NBPA. He's the National the Players Association. Uh I don't know if he still is, but he was. He he probably he probably still is. I'm gonna look it up right now, and you you piggyback off of what I'm gonna what I was saying. I still call him VP Juice, anyways. But <laughs> yeah, I think if you're looking for a guy in the league who I would say is the most appealing right now, or anything like that, on and off the courts, Jalen Brown, like he. It was Jalen Brown, Malcolm Brogdon, and then also someone else was was there with them. I know I've noticed Carl Anthony Towns uh, go to the the speech that yep. Stephen Jackson was yeah. at. So yeah. there's there's guys getting involved, but the thing about Jalen Brown is I I love this guy so much. He is a class act. He's a role model. He's everything you want on your team for your organization, franchise, all that shit. For the Boston Celtics, he's the perfect guy, and he's he he is in the perfect city for it. He mm-hmm. honestly is, and his actions shows how much of a leader he can be to not only the community, but to this team. You know, you, you see that leadership come into play. He led. That was his protest that he led. He started that by himself. He set that up. 
he and, set and, that up, man. Jalen's unbelievable, man. He's everything he does off court. This guy's so young. This guy is beyond his years. Yeah, in, in wisdom. Like he has to be a politician someday. Something. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, he has to be. The guy's what, 23 years old, yeah. and the way he's making a stand like he is, it's it's amazing. I love I love that he is on the Celtics. I love Jalen Brown. This is one of the reasons why I love Jalen Brown. One of the yeah. reasons. One of and many reasons. He led the protest, the peaceful protest, and three – I remember he tweeted three people that were with him got arrested, and right away he was tweeting, give yep. me the names, give me the information, I'm going to bail them out. Like, that's the type of guy he is. He is the vice president of the National Basketball Players Association. Um, Jalen Brown, and uh, you said it perfectly, not only is he just a phenomenal player on the court – I mean, you think about it, that money he earned – not only does he earn that for being the player that he is, he earned that for being the person that he is. Yeah. He is a kind, genuine, mature, so mature beyond his years. Just yeah. this, just a guy that is woke. He sees what's going on, and he exemplifies this, this quote from J. Cole, I'm a man of the people, not above, but equal. Jalen Brown, these guys are using their celebrity status. You know, they're using their platform to – show to tell people what's going on and to lead these protests and to spark change. Jalen Brown is a bona fide leader. He's 23 years old and he's already the vice president. He was the youngest elected vice president for the National Players Association. This guy is going to be a politician. This guy should be the freaking president of the United States. I trust <laughs> this guy more than the guy we have in office right now. I'm not trying to get into politics, but Jalen Brown is like, He's just someone that you want to look to in times like this. Because it's like, it's not, he knows that he knows the right things to say. He leads by example. And he just does everything with an, an open heart, a kind heart. And even in the video, I, I shared it on my Instagram account. But Malcolm Brogdon's like, this guy right here, Jalen Brown, like we need more guys like him. We need more leaders like him. This guy drove 15 hours from Boston to, his, to Georgia, to Atlanta, Georgia, to do this protest. Because that's how much this means to him. That's how much his image, not his image, but his platform, using that to his benefit, to everyone's benefit. It's just, we've seen other guys do it, but man, Jalen Brown just, he, there's something special about him, man. And you say, no, he's a Boston, special guy. Perfect for him. He's done so much stuff in the city of Boston. Um, he, he's done so many gatherings. I, he did, I, I, I forgot what the event was at the beginning of the year. I remember he got some type of award. Um, and all the Celtics players went, and it was the video where the, him and Marcus Smart were dancing. It was the viral video that happened. Um, it's like he does all these events. He brings these communities together. He brings a team together. That's what makes him so special. That's what makes him so worth his value. His value is so high because of how great of a person he is on the court and off the court. And uh, you said it. I'll say it. I can't be any happier that he's a Boston Celtic because he is someone that you know, I'd want on my team for the rest of his career. And he's someone that not only will I enjoy watching him play on the court, but I love hearing what he says. And I love how he leads by example off the court. This just made me think of someone who is also uh, an activist in the Boston Celtics franchise, not currently, but way back in the day, actually the most noticeable Boston Celtic, Bill Russell Mm -hmm. was also like this. He was, uh, I actually just looked it up because I knew he was a very big activist, but one of the things he also participated in was the 1963 March on Washington, which was for civil rights, and he helped defend Muhammad Ali. Um, 
bunch of bunch of stuff. All all that stuff. It's just it's just special to see. That's why I'm saying like Jalen is so perfect for Boston because there's guys who have done the same thing as him in this franchise years before him that he's helping to continue. You know, and it's something great to see. And and it's just not stopping. He doesn't want to stop. He wants to keep it going. He wants to show what he can do, not off the court, on the court, anywhere, anywhere. The guy's – he's just a special dude. He just really is. I'm glad he's a Boston Celtic. I hope he never leaves. I hope he's here his whole career. I 100% agree. And going back to what I said, that event that I was talking about, it was his, it was his first annual community gala. Uh, and he invited – it's so uh, the seven – the Juice Foundation at 7UIC, so I'll say Juice Foundation. That's what the event was. He gathered all the players together. It was – a huge event for the city of Boston. And it's like, that's what he does. He brings people together. He has these events. He does so much for the community. He does so much for the kids. He does so much to give back to the community. He's 23 years old, dude. Like mm-hmm. a 23 year old is doing this. Like that just, that, that says more about his character than anything. And kind of just going off of, you know, what he's been doing and everything. I think a, a good way to, you know, close the episode and I'll let you give your, your, your two cents as well. Um, you know, with everything going on, I don't want to get into politics. I don't want to get anything like that. What I do want to say is everyone needs, we need to learn to love each other. We need to learn to unify ourselves as a country. You know, racism is still a thing. My friend tweeted this and it's so true. When we were in school, we were being taught racism. Like it was in the past tense. We were never taught racism. Like it's still going on in this world. It is still very much going on in this world. We're just being able to capture on camera and thank God we are because, you know, God, if, you know, these events are happening, that poor, that, that murder that happened, if that wasn't caught on camera, who knows what would have happened. That could have been like, no, they could have just brushed it off and said he was doing this or that. And it was justified. Obviously the man was murdered and that cop, those cops all deserve to be put in trial and be prosecuted and put in jail for a very long time. Um, my thing I just want to say is I just pray for peace. I pray for love and I pray for unity in this country. We live in a time where there's much more division than unity. There's much more people going at each other and not loving each other and agreeing to the same things. We just need to come together as one and just put an end to all of this, man. I know it's easier said than done, but it's just, we need to figure, we need to change something, man. This, yeah. We just need to change a whole lot of things, starting with the system, starting with the system. But Ryan, you, you give your two cents and, and we'll close it off on that. I think everything that's going on right now is really tough to see. The looting, the rioting, the way police treat people of color and not even of color. I, I, there's a lot of other issues that go on but it is of color unfortunately and it's something that can't go on any longer it really can't i i saw the, the video of george floyd and it pissed me off i'm like how can how can you possibly sit there with i've said this to my friends millions of times already i can't stop talking about it how can you have two dudes sitting on one on your chest the other one on your chest and then you have a third guy on your throat how are you any longer a threat to anyone with hands behind your back laying on the ground how while he wasn't resisting he was he was he was already in handcuffs exactly not doing anything 
the it, guy the guy was screaming out for his mother and i, I think i nose coming from uh, i mean not nose blood coming from his nose he was screaming out for his mother who i from what i've read who's who had passed away already he's screaming out for his mom that already died like it's so he's screaming out just help he just needs help people are telling the cops get off of him and they weren't doing anything they kept even when he even when he went unconscious they kept put they still had the knee in him the guy wasn't breathing they had all these people bystanders saying get off him get off him the cops just looking in the camera not doing anything about it if that doesn't make you sick to your stomach then I don't know what does. I mean, that's literally murder. And that's it's just blood. mad. Just talking about it right now just makes I, me No, because what upsets me is that this can happen to anyone. Yep. You have to treat this as if this was your best friend or if this was your brother or your sister. Us, as me and you, as white people, we need to be able to speak out about this. This isn't happening to us, but we need to make sure that this doesn't continue to happen to our brothers and sisters of a different color. I fear that the next time that this happens, that it'll happen to one of my friends. Because this can happen to anyone. If this guy is just getting handcuffed and killed because of a, a fake check, I'm, I think they because they thought he wrote out. They a thought the twenty. It was actually a twenty dollar bill. They thought it was counterfeit, but it was real. It's like if you're getting arrest, not not if you're getting arrested, if you're getting a knee in your back, if you're getting killed, you're this uh the years ago. Um, I uh, I I'm. I can't. It was the person that first started the "I can't breathe." Yeah, movie. he was getting choked around his throat. He was, yeah, he was selling fake cigarettes. That doesn't justify a death. It doesn't. And there's just so many crooked cops. I'm not saying every crop, every cop is, but there's just so many people in the system that just that but guy that that, that guy uh, that killed George Floyd. He had issues in the past, and if he was if he was um if those actions were dealt with years ago. This wouldn't have happened. None of this would happen. And None of this. It's unbelievable. Dude. It's it, it's it something. Really, really, it really upsets me. I'm sorry I cut you off. It, it's just no, it's fine. It's just so sad, man. It really is. No, it is sad. And that's the thing, you know, when it comes to police and you know, citizens, civilians, all that stuff, the thing where I want to come into play here is it's really hard to understand the side of someone who's African-American when you're white. You can't understand the same shit they go to, but they go through. I said this to my friend the other day too. It's just like, like I want to understand how they feel, but I physically and legitimately cannot understand how you feel. I understand why everything is going on and it makes me feel the same way. I'm extremely mad about everything. I hate all this, but here here's the thing it's just hard to understand this is why we're fighting because as a white person i can't understand how my black friend feels i can't because i've never ever had to deal with the same shit that he's gone through the looks that he's gotten all the stuff you know if i'm outside doing something bad say me i'm the white kid and i have my black friend next to me say we're outside doing the same exact thing we both get in trouble for it i was thinking about this scenario the other day I have a feeling that I would be the one to just, you know, be like, don't do that again. Get a slap on the wrist while my black friend goes into a cop car. That's how I envision it. That's how I envision shit going on. That's how I could see it going on. And that's, that's the problem. That's the difference. And that's why this fight is happening. That's what people have to understand. The reason why this is happening is because white people don't get the same treatment as black people do. And that's, it's a fact. It literally, I've now like, 
after everything, it is now you should be able, it's clear, it's cut and clear the difference in treatment. It really is. You get, a, you get a slap on the wrist, but the difference is they're going into the cop car. You're not going into the cop car. They're going into the cop car. That's the difference in how the treatment is. And, and, and now, it pisses me off. Yeah. I'm done with it. I really am. I, I, I feel you 100%, man. Now it's like for so long people were silent about giving their views about how they felt. The time for silence is over. We, yeah. It's time for white people to start using their platform, to start using their privilege to fight for these people that aren't as privileged as us. It's time for us to take a stand to help our brothers and sisters. Um, who was it? I, I forgot what it was. I read, I, it was this video I watched, and it was like, how white people can help with all of this. Be involved in protests. I mean, I'm not around an area where there's people protesting, but like, use be in the front lines. There's more of a chance that these cops aren't going to affect, aren't going to take, go at these white people as much as people of different colors. And it's, it's awful to say that, but we need to be able to use our privilege to our advantage and to help these people that are, that aren't as privileged as us. And thank God we have cameras now, man, because these things that happen would just get blown away. And now we're seeing it happen right in front of our very eyes. And it's, we can't be silent anymore. We need to take action and we need to, do something about this that officer got charged for third degree murder which is a 25 year maximum life sentence bullshit he should be charged first degree he should be given life in prison and you know what i don't know if he'll make it 25 years i don't know what's going to happen to him but justice needs to be served things need to change it's not going to happen overnight but it's just we need to start spreading more love and peace and unity within each other and it starts with us and it's, we need to start setting an example and helping our brothers and sisters in need. And that's what I want to say. Ryan, if you have anything else to say, please share it. I think we kind of got everything out that we needed to. All I want to say, last thing I want to say is peace, love, and justice, honestly. Yeah. Peace, it. love, and justice. That's we all I want, about man. Social media, people going at each other. Now we're talking about people going at each other in real life. It's just we need to learn to love each other, man. Uh, but yeah, thank you, guys. This was episode three of Chasing Banners. Uh, hopefully, I mean, we want to use our voices to kind of spread a positive message here. Um, next week, we'll be back. Uh, we'll hopefully have more news about the NBA and where they'll be at as far as uh, starting the season back up or going right into the playoffs. And we'll have much more Celtics news to give to you guys. Thank you guys for listening. My name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. You can also follow our podcast at Chasing Banners on Twitter. Ryan, go ahead and plug your stuff in, my man. And thank you again, guys, for listening. Hope to have you back for another episode, which will come next week. Talk about more Celtics and everything going on. I'm Ryan Sheehan. (laughs) Again, you can follow me at 401 Sheehan on Twitter. And, yeah. That's it, guys. (laughs) That's it. Dante and Ryan chasing banners. Third episode, best episode. We're going to be back for number four next week, and we can't wait. Thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Go Celtics, guys.